0: On this episode of Wack Attack, security with your physical devices, talking about, of course, the AI wars and chat GPT, going all the way into business processes, interviewing processes, and things to think about as you're looking to transform your business with AI. Like always, enjoy this episode of Wack Attack. Welcome to the Wack Attack podcast. I'm Alan Morty. I have... Curtis and Wally with me today. The Collective Whack. This is another great Monday night episode. Mm. We're going to talk about many things today. The generative AI race, home garage, gyms, security on your phones, uh, many different things that interest us in business. Software Engineer's Chia Pet. Software Engineer's Chia Pet, all types of stuff. So sit back, relax, grab your favorite drink, and be prepared to geek out and have some fun with us. So first order a business. Wally, you sent me a video today. An ex-Navy SEAL says that... They have for a long time have been able to listen to us even if you take the batteries out of our phones.
1: Go. Yeah, I, it, it's a unique concept overall. Um, we knew that I think the Soviets, have, maybe it wasn't the Soviets, maybe it was the Russians back in the day with the uh, American flag seal that was uh, posted. I think this is probably like one of your uh, cybersecurity courses in uh, college, you know, uh, didn't need a battery. Infinite life. You just power it uh Via beam and some power its way. It's pretty interesting, like, right? Like and photon energy? Semi, I, I would have to obviously Google it. But right. uh, essentially they were able to so in- um, create resonance with it and then be able to pick up the signals from something that had zero battery. very Essentially no ability for you to like scope it out. Like how if we go to Airbnb's, we're doing kind of a, a like an OPSEC review of mm-hmm. the premises. You you wouldn't be able to pick that up. Okay, okay. Let's back up. Let's back up here. Let's back up. Let's
0: put this in layman terms for some people. So go all the way back to like uh, uh, Nikola Tesla, J.P. Morgan Chase. You know, um, uh, investing in Nikola Tesla and how he had talked about the fact that he had been able to basically emit power with uh, waves, like like wavelengths, like radio waves. Yeah, I mean
1: everything has some uh, level of resonance that it it deals with on the radio frequency. So you're basically
0: saying you have a device. That can, that can beam power. Yeah. To an unpowered device.
1: Correct. And and then listen allow, allow it to send signals back to you, correct. Freaking yeah. wild. But I mean, they've also been doing this for like what 20, 30 years with beaming some, you know, uh very directional um, audio gear towards uh, a glass window in an office building and being able to snoop on every conversation that was resonating off that glass, right? So these are not new technologies, but they're just. And you've, you've seen, seen some of
0: this stuff in in movies too. Like you'll see oh, a little I, sound I, wave shooting in at something. Yeah. Or, okay. Gotcha. That's, that's, yeah. That, that is that's well, because I guess the, the glass is going to vibrate Correct, at yeah, the frequency that you're talking. Yeah. 100%. And then you could can, can basically transcribe that frequency into words. Correct.
1: But but the interesting one is is what is going on in our phones where you can take a battery out and be in a skiff from what that Navy SEAL had said, like you take in a a, a
0: skiff. Explain to people what a skiff is. Oh,
1: uh, secure, compartmentalized. I. It's basically to... a
0: box that's locked down. U.S. government uses them when they're out of the country, and it's basically or a secure way to communicate, right? Yeah. And they, you can't you can't be intercepted e- very easily. It, Go it,
1: in theory, it's a Faraday cage, uh, but you're walking into it instead of us putting it in a bag, for example. Right. Um, so it's very interesting that like that is being played out as an actual use case for missions, right? Yeah. That's, so that's
0: ba- so basically, what it comes down to now is mission darkness bags. Yeah. B- basically, it has nothing to do with your device being powered. It has everything to do with your device's ability to emit or receive signals. Okay, mission darkness bag. Explain that to people. Mission go. darkness bag is a bag that you get, and and I'm 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 stealing Wally's thunder here. Yeah, so no, 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 you're perfect. This is my source of energy on this. Uh, <laughs> you you basically just throw your devices into this bag, and it's stopping your signals from being emitted. Also, throw your passport in there too, because your passport will emit some some signals as well. So like when you go through the airport. Especially if you're traveling internationally, yeah, it's got RFID's in it, right? You throw RFID all, anything N- that's going to be
1: any any type of uh, device that's emitting radio frequencies, but any, any any yeah. device
0: that's going to be emitting a signal or receiving a signal which can personally identify you, mission darkness bag. Okay, so let's let's go way off the security deep end here now. For all of us who are geeking out on this, there have been some recent videos and things that have come out, which is basically saying that they can actually identify you from Wi-Fi signals. And now they're able to receive basically, uh think like a 3D rendering, um, with obviously within the limitations of the Wi-Fi signal, of what's happening in that Wi-Fi signal at any given time. And so now go mission darkness, clothing, Do-do-do. ring cue, business opportunity, security, 101, how to wear clothes that the government can't track you with could you imagine I mean, in 20 years this this could be actually be like a legit clothing yeah thing. yeah yeah, are, yeah there was there's the guys in china the pop, that,
1: paparazzi stuff for like uh blocking ir cameras with your glasses mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. example where it essentially blanks out your face with a ton of ir um paparazzi clothing that essentially has little flecks of uh silica in it uh, uh, so it
0: reflects super heavy,
1: super heavy. So essentially, it just whitewashes the photo. Those are all very like common practices across the board. Um, some of the things. There's, that the, I, there's a
0: YouTube video of the guys in China that they, they basically the they made with the clothing with all, t- all sorts of images video, that completely yes.
1: destroyed. For example, so in our world, uh, aka your world as well, we use typically open CV models, uh, Open Computer Vision models, to be able to detect, classify, and analyze. Data um, at scale. Uh, those models were completely thrown off with what just what Curtis said. And it's like yeah, they, were uni- random, they were kids in a universe. Random clothing that has tons of patterns on it that literally fools most. I, I saw th- it. It. Yeah. it basically
0: made him look like he was in a sea of people. Yeah. yeah no, I, I know. Because when you yeah. look at computer vision and they're focusing on a subject, it comes up with a, a, a green box normally and it can usually follow that yeah. stuff around. I, 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 I don't uh, like, know. No,
1: exactly. Our yeah. models will throw up a green box exactly. But when that guy put, put the shirt on, it was put, like. It, it, was, it, it, couldn't, was it couldn't pick his his actual face out from the faces around him. Correct. And obviously, yeah. it puts a percentage score of confidence, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, completely blown off. But the interesting, bringing this back to like how chips are manufactured, we really don't know what's really going on behind the scenes if the chip net maker is not... From the United States doesn't have to yeah. go through some of these. Uh, well, let's, well, let's talk about a well, real life go, example. Let's go
0: back to 2016, was it when they detected what was it like? It was it was like the a size of a grain of rice that was embedded in a bunch of the Reuters, chips. And data centers? Reuters had done that article, and Fill it was. It yeah. Reuters did the article, and I'm not sure if it was. This, this was like. Six, Curtis, hold a years on. Ago. I'm not sure if it was Microsoft chips, or if it was. They were coming um, out of China. Yeah, or if it was IBM's chip, I, 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 and I'm, I'm not obviously saying any one of these companies, bad, but it was a big company's servers, like the servers they physically sold, that hardware, had those microchips in them, and apparently Google and Microsoft had found out about this, coordinated with it with the FBI, and then Reuters had done an article about it. But yeah, that was well. I don't, then I don't we think read it was that Reuters. I think it was Vice. No. R- regardless. It doesn't it, matter. It, we'll yeah. link to the article. Yeah. Yeah. But then we have our own real life experience with this. A right? year later, go go.
1: <laughs> I, I was. Uh, I'm not exactly. You had Ethernet you extender. had an Ethernet
0: extender.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't want to necessarily yeah. Get yeah into that. But yes, yeah. We we, okay, we, we found we found some malleous hardware at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah and it and it had Connecting come from, from a questionable source. Absolutely. Right?
0: And we, what happened was, is we we figured it out. We we're like, oh, what's going on? Process hey, of elimination, and now we, we took, have security protocols in correct. place to we make sure. A, we, we took don't
1: a have. look at Wireshark as part of our normal hardware kind of in processing, and noticed some things that were a little odd. Um, and yeah, yeah, obviously no longer, you know, sourcing products from that. Organization. That was a clock.
0: Yeah, that was that was that was wild. I. First of all, props to you for figuring that out that one time. Process it of a happened, process of brutal elimination. It
1: happens quite a bit. I mean, like for example, you know, working with vendors today, for example, uh, taking a look at their schematics and hardware in their organization, Hick Vision or something like that, uh, Chinese organization on the DoD's vendor do, blacklist. Do not buy. Yeah, like you know, they're they're in the same territory as Huawei right now. You know. Yeah. And and for example, you know graphene. OS- and
0: Amazon's accepting them to sell in their portal. Let's go. <laughs> yeah,
1: and and something else <laughs> to look into more is you know, uh, Android phones.
0: Yeah, because they're developed overseas.
1: We're starting to see more and more executive teams switching from Google stock Android to something more secure, uh, similar to Graphene OS that gives you more finite controls over the operating system. To Block a bunch of extra data. And, and from well, the executive have... teams that, that I've talked to, they're saving already in one month half of their data. Half, which is pretty impressive. From the, the data okay, being traded out by Android. Correct. Yep. Okay, all, the, okay. all, all the telemetry that's going out for different services, different apps in the ecosystem.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. let's look at like Linus Tech Tips. Right. You, just, you just got who, hacked. You just got hacked. Yeah. But he Linus Tech Tips is a huge YouTube channel, one of the biggest ones on YouTube. Go.
1: I mean, one of the biggest. In the one, of the bigger, one of the
0: bigger ones in the tech space. Yeah. He actually didn't get hacked himself. It was one of his employees. And so if, if you're somebody who's running, like at the executive level, a corporation of, say, 50-plus people, you really have to start looking, at, and I hope you already have been, at your people being your people and your people's devices being the biggest threats to your corporate security. We,
1: we actually had a workshop today on this exact matter where we have now taken certain teams and they no longer are running Windows, they're no longer running Mac, they're no longer running a standard Ubuntu, they're running Cubes OS. They're separating all of their messages and everything into their own VMs specifically for in-processing of media inquiries, other types of sensitive, but not sensitive, just general requests where it will no longer have the bounds to jack those session cookies.
0: Okay. So fill me in. How does an organization operate though? Because I feel like the common person who doesn't have the level of sophistication like you and our teams have in security, they're they probably, probably gonna don't say, have much to lose. How them. do my uh, yeah, but how does my applications work? Like, let's just throw a, a, a random business application, Microsoft Power BI, right? One of the largest reporting and data visualization platforms in the industry right now. How would you run that application on that operating system? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. So, this would obviously be a consideration, right that I would... yeah, I mean, when you when, listen when you go through business use case and considerations, you look at what is the workloads assessment of each of my various people in my organization, what are the apps they need? You might have. Um, certain, like, device pre setups based on job title or access in the company or things of the but sort. But I could see, like, IT professionals having something like that to operate up because you basically got to think about this. I mean, you could pretty much just log into a terminal, right, via a browser. I would, I would imagine they have a browser on that operating system. And you could, you know, in that system pretty much have all your tools or have a set of tools that you use, command line interface, IDEs, yeah. et cetera.
1: so how, at least again, how we're setting things up for a specific client, it is siloed based on professional objective at that point. So, for example, if they're checking emails, it's fully siloed. So the only application the operating system and the kernel sees is the...
0: Is, that, uh, is the email server. Is the email g- app, could, email be, could be
1: Gmail. Yeah. Literally just Gmail. That's the only thing that's logged in. Um, and then they, in the same desktop interface they can just jump into another synthetic session to go access youtube in it, the case of ba- basically assist. think about it like so this. there's no hopping there's no interoperability of sharing that data so for example um, <sighs> our shit. risk anal- our risk analysis team our insurance team as well as our marketing team who are dealing with this who are higher risk and we're also utilizing know before data of who is the most prevalent to be bad <laughs> Who's gonna get spearfished? Yeah. yeah.
0: It's pretty uh, dude, that is so wild. So you basically take the concept of like it's containerization in the cloud, but then you're basically for doing apps it, on your computer.
1: Exactly, exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's literally. and again, if anyone is out there curious, just you know, take a look at Cube's OS. Edward Sterling, not a huge fan, but I will say hey, he did endorse it. It is pretty secure, it's open sourced, it's very well tested. Um, and also, you know, if you're looking to go even a level deeper, there are ways of even creating more barriers to that.
0: Yeah, I think the interesting thing for just people out there who who might have a laptop or a tablet or something installed, you basically when you're installing an application on your computer, what you're doing is you're entrusting a developer to put software on your computer. Now, when the more software you put on your computer, the more pieces of, of the more applications and the more third party software you have. It has access to the physical hardware on your device, absolutely, and also potentially all those
1: sensors. That's a lot yeah, of data.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of data, and the other piece is in the case of like Linus Tech Tips, they got some malware installed. The malware essentially went and jacked the session from Chrome. Okay, so for specific URLs, yeah. and, and, and
1: and again, it was a screensaver file. Um, renamed as a pdf if you hovered over it you would have noticed it literally said screen like file type screensaver it was an src uh, file that was executed but again people don't recognize some of those weird mundane things have crazy privileges when executed like we're all aware that you don't click an exe again simple but when people are disguising it it's like oh yeah screensaver it seems weird
0: common person is not going to know and you think about it like that's hacking like yeah it's getting hacked that's knowing the operating system at its core like how the thing is actually but i I think about it as more like that's kind of like the modern social engineering social engineering it's it's exactly what it is
1: i mean the malware that they used was completely off the shelf i mean we've even played with it in our own demo environments it's super basic stuff
0: yeah, and, and and it's more about you know being clever and being creative, correct? Right? Which is
1: where ChatGPT is a big threat to people that don't know how to speak English very well, that are outside of what I would consider U.S. jurisdiction and allies, and they're able to kind of have free reign over it, which is such an odd place to be now that they're quote unquote literate. And have no bounds for it, prosecution. Yeah. And,
0: and what you're really getting at here is like, for example, my Using grandparents. Using a tool to create something malicious well, for hold you. Hold on curse. Exactly. But my grandparents she commonly did, get. Does
1: a good job blocking that, by the way. Yeah. Like I even create, I tried to create an application that would literally peg my CPU, GPU, and all of my system resources. And it was like, no, you're not allowed to do that. It's a waste of energy and that's not environmentally conscious. <laughs> <laughs> so you know there there are there are what I would consider like safeguards in place, but again, there's always ways of getting around the or circumventing those. So,
0: total sidebar: I was using GPT- GPT-4 today, and it gave me and it would echo something, and it tr- was adding it as a new line to a file. And it g- it gave me the wrong command to add it to a file. It was two greater than instead of greater than greater than, oh, nice. or greater than, which those those two things function a little bit differently. Yeah, but, so but I was like hey, you did this thing wrong. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Here's another way you could do it. And I'm like, I'm finding the edge use cases of this tool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's, know, it's the, cool because I'm doing a lot more work at once. But, but the, back to it the language yeah. learning models is really interesting. The large because, language learning models, yeah. Yeah. Um, because they, they often lie. And it, what's crazy about it is like a very good way to catch it in a lie is say, write me a sentence that is 50 characters long. That's about this in this tone. And... It'll write it to you, and then you'll go copy it, and it'll be like 46, or it'll be like 55, or right? it'll be like 92, or some, something ridiculous. And then you'll say, hey, that's actually not, <laughs> like you said, that's not 50, 50 characters. And it goes, oh, you're right, my bad. And then it goes off and spits this thing. So there's these really interesting use cases that it provides. And you know what else I have also I've seen some real, some real big effery with Baird, where it was like, if... One plus one equals two. What uh, what plus what equals four? And it was like one plus one equals four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a derivative of had that.
1: Great success with Bard. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and here's the other thing too, it's not available for Google Workspaces.
1: Right. Uh, I I think I just joined, or I got it from Google One. You got an early invite, and I probably put like eighty prompts through it. Um, but then I always just throw the same prompt in GPT. Chat and GPT. And I was just like, oh wow. Yeah. There's such a difference. So let's there, talk there about is.
0: security here for a second, because you know we, we, we went down the, the chat GPT role, and I think there's a lot of folks out there who don't understand what's going on. Wally, in your opinion, why did OpenAI make such a tool that's so clearly and obviously powerful in terms of increasing productivity? Why did they make that public? And I, what security uh, risk does that pose for organizations? I, I have
1: absolutely no idea. I, I really don't know. Yeah, I I don't have any. My thought process would be maybe to
0: train the model, right?
1: I mean, I mean, yes, but they're also training the model on just scraping common crawl or sorry, grabbing the common crawl data. So I I don't. I mean, yes, maybe they're looking for some interaction. And again, remember, this is reinforcement learning from human feedback. Yep. So that was maybe that's it. But I I have no evidence to support that. That's just what I would think.
0: So uh, uh, my personal opinion is that. When you build something as powerful as the tool that they have, in order for you to truly understand how well of a tool you've developed, you almost have to control the access to it or control the way it's working, but allow people that aren't you stuck with your biases to use the tool. And I really do believe that that's what OpenAI was trying to do because they wanted to just say, hey, like, what is the actual like human uses of this? And the content out there for just prompt and prompt architecture and prompt engineering and just prompt libraries on, like, hey, if you want to do all these things, that's the type of stuff that I think is really beneficial. Or, or like, for me, I've been on Twitter following some people off the deep end who are, like, really getting the tool to do some amazing things. But I'm essentially writing the tool like a three-paragraph essay on exactly what I want. I'm like, do this. Don't do this. Now think like this, okay. Now do this, but boom, that's boom, boom, the only boom, boom, way boom, to be boom, successful boom, 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 right boom, 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 now. Boom. boom, perfect. Yeah, well, not perfect, but close to perfect. But now let's Closer. circle. Let's circle yeah. back yeah. to the. You know, so sort I think that's. What I, was getting I, I think into. that's what they wanted to do when they released uh, ChatGPT in the in the, uh, the in, research in the release, rate. and then with ChatGPT Plus. And I would I would agree. And I was you know really wanting to get that out there for you know somebody who is maybe. Uh, interested in this, using this, et cetera, because it obviously poses a huge security concern. Like, so what are the security uh, concerns that come
1: up to your mind, Wally? I mean, I, I don't put anything uh, that you would consider personally identifiable information or inside. IP. Yeah, or anything that matters to you. It, like, if you, Any wouldn't, intellectual property. if you wouldn't put it on your shirt and walk outside, don't put it into ChatGPT. Um, I mean, and. I also want to sidebar for later conversations. You know, Stanford pulled their their model off. I, I forgot the acronym for their specific model that they had built, but it was like too. I believe they called it Lucid. For I mean, we're we're starting, but
0: like it was too aware.
1: I don't know of what was going on. I don't. I, I'm not exactly sure. I was had a busy busy day. Yeah. Um. I I didn't fully read the 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 um article, but it was interesting to say it. It was off. Get up.
0: So, yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was off queue. Now, Did the you crazy thing it? is... <laughs> no comment. No comment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, the security concerns that come to mind, though, you know, yeah. I'm thinking, like, I, I wonder how many junior developers out there, are like, I have this Euro ticket to solve this thing, and they copy and paste the source code of whatever they're working on. Bad news bears. And they put it into the chat GPT. It's, it's a problem. And it's like... now. Uh, part of the part of it being free right is they get that information and data to train on and to learn from and like you said human reinforced learning and uh, reinforcement learning from human yeah, feedback yeah rlhf thank you um
1: did you guys get that from the podcast yeah uh lex guys, lex did you guys, freeman yeah, and that, that's, sam that's, you guys watch that yeah what how was that
0: it was very, it was very good. Okay. I haven't I, watched it yet. I
1: haven't watched it yet. Yeah, it was, it was very, very but good. I, but I saw the, a small highlight of like two minutes where he. But I don't, it down. I don't want to go like sorry, too sorry. far yeah, off tangent no, 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 Continue, sorry. Bye. But
0: my point is, is that I don't think a lot of folks, you know, are really recognizing what type of security threat ChatGPT is to the information that they're putting in it. So obviously, it's a very great and powerful tool. In your guys' minds. What do you think businesses should maybe be considering doing to have a chat GPT like tool, but also mitigating some of these security concerns and also making uh, intellectual property uh, public information? Well, I mean, I think the big thing right now is when you look at generative AI, generative AI is powerful when it has access to your data so you can make decisions on it. So you can just say, hey, I want to know like how many leads I got in the last month that were of X, Y, Z value. I'm, I'm just thinking of like ChatSpot, which is HubSpot's integration of GPT into HubSpot, or ChatGPT, I'm sorry, G, the GPT models into HubSpot. That is powerful because if you have your data structured in a way and you have uh, access to your data, you're able to get the tool to do things for you that are providing a lot of value. Now, the question you have to ask yourself, at least I think, is what is all the data that you have that you would want your people to be able to use a tool, like ChatGPT, to have access to? And then start to have cataloging of your data, classification of your data, and then have a org structure on who has, a- has access to the data.
1: And then I'm also going to throw in... Plus maybe some obfuscation to some yeah. of those data sets to allow some of your people to see a little bit of it, but not like disc- not kill the entire data set from their view. Exactly. Because that's been a big thing that's been coming up recently. Is like, hey, I've got this massive data set right now, but like th- this team should have full access. But I want some like a smaller team just to have access to some of this. And it's like, okay. What what do you mean, some of this? How do you want to, like, segregate this? Like, well, based on these parameters, like, well, we're not going to go redesign your data structure just to be able to integrate this easily. So then that obfuscation play comes in where it's like we're then minimizing certain types of the data in the full database, could be like a Redshift database, um, to then, you know, provide that level of access. So jump back in. I didn't mean to Yeah, that we ever. literally
0: have a call tomorrow with a
1: company that's wanting to do this. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so that's one of the pieces where I believe the, the, the most fundamental thing is data data governance, making sure you have your proper organization structure and in yeah. data classification. Yeah, and, and chain, of ca- chain of custody. Chain of custody. Yeah. And then what you need to do is use a generative-like model or code base to enable your teams to have access to that data because yeah. the, the name of the game here is is making everybody at your organization more productive.
1: A super uh, super, period. Yeah, yeah,
0: hundred percent. Because AI is not going to replace you. Humans with AI are going to replace you. (laughs) Bingo. So when it comes down to it, like uh, somebody might be able to be four times as productive, right? So they can do the work of four people. So you have to look at this as one of two routes. Either the organization says, "Okay, I'm going to let go of my twenty percent of my staff that is they they just can't be super producers. Like it's just not in their wherewithal to to use a tool like this effectively. Get rid of them." So now I got 80% of my workforce left, but if they're all three and a half X more productive, then suddenly it's not about firing my people, it's about can I three and a half X productivity into what X on profitability? So now I think think businesses are gonna run into a very critical inflection point here where they're gonna say, how much money can we make in our industry and our verticals with our products and our services that we offer with our current workforce using these tools? And they're going to kind of figure out some of these bounds and then it have some type of an assessment of, like, how many people do we actually need to pull this off? Or, hey, great, the revenue's there. Let's find another super producer and see if we get out more. So I don't know where that's going to end up, but I think that's the direction that things are moving in right now. And that's what I think if I was a business owner, that's what I would be analyzing is so what are my trade offs here? You are a business owner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i i was just speaking no of no hypotheticals I, of course, yes. I, I but that's also where my there. my mind is at. yeah um i mean just for full transparency i mean i use ChatGPT 4 and copilot on the daily
1: how have you have you been have enjoying, you used copilot x i was yes gotcha yeah <laughs> oh, i so did it have you used it in any of your like word and excel and stuff yet uh or no no experience? no i'm sorry no on the copilot x
0: uh, I, I've only used it in my code bases. Okay, cool.
1: I, I was super curious because they they dropped that in, into Word, and I was very curious about that because we were looking at some of those plugins I and mean, creating our own, obviously. I mean, um, I, I could just tell you how the tool has
0: either been really wrong, yeah, or pretty spot on. For okay, me.
1: are are you using it at all for like unit tests and? Oh, I use ChatGPT for unit tests all the time. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm like, hey, here's Who this wants function. To write a unit test.
0: <laughs> write me a unit test. Do not explain. Show your output as quickly as possible.
1: <laughs> I mean Yes, 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 add a test, uni- copy unit tests, yeah. fuzzing, linting. Those are just some of those like pain points that are just easy to solve at that right. point. Yeah.
0: It's almost like you'd think GitHub would build into their release pipeline that
1: it GitHub's going to automatically it's, build you it, it's, <laughs> all it's, of this. It's going to happen, it, right? It, it will be a paid tier, uh, and I, I'm excited to see what's going to come up with uh, GitHub Actions and more enhanced CI/CD pipelines. Obviously, they, I believe, they own CircleCI or are a heavy investor in CircleCI. Or wait, yeah, I've been doing a lot of business pretty, development the last couple of months. Pretty sure, the pretty So CircleCI so is under my the rock them. for a little bit, so you know that yeah. I don't. No, I, again. To your point, though, See, that's, just, just that's wrong Because in
0: my mind, like the whole problem with CI and CD, even at scale, has largely been you have to write code, and then you have to write code to check your code. And then every time you change the said code, you have to change the code that checks your code.
1: It, that's some, that's pretty
0: s- much like the basic, I dumbed down the version of
1: yeah, it. Yeah, I would, I would say yes and no. I mean, there's going to be some core standard checks you're going to do. I think, um, I think the big thing is having pipelines
0: that have automated environment builds based on whatever the whatever the future branches that oh, you're working on. That's valid. Yeah, like when you're working with these large teams, being able to have an environment that's repl- that replicates your exact code base so they could, you know, get in and poke around and see the actual environment along with seeing the code before they're they're merging a pull request or they're approving things. That's really important. And you're seeing a lot of that, well, at, at the enterprise level, that's why you have Infrastructure automation with infrastructure as code, you have like the full environment stack being built because a lot of times, you know, these developers, full stack developers, are, are getting even better where they're not only doing just code, but there's also updates to the infrastructure as well.
1: Yeah. yeah. Something that I, I want to throw out there. Dude, that's um, so wild. Get, <sighs> so uh, I don't know if you saw any of the news from Docker. They uh, were going to take away their free Teams view uh, or free Teams tier where you essentially had to pay to get into Docker. Um, it looked like GitHub was also going to do the same act or same play with GitHub Actions after the wide abuse. I don't know if you guys have seen it in the news surrounding people creating tens of thousands of GitHub accounts, um, running CI, CD pipelines again, or sorry, using GitHub Actions um, to mine cryptocurrency. It's, <laughs> been a, it's been a big issue where that they're, doesn't a- surprise they're able me to spin up you know, these long-standing virtual environments for a short amount of time and be able to mine crypto on them. It's just been something where we're starting to see, in my view, and I, I don't have a ton of evidence to support this on a wide range, but we're starting to see a pullback on free accounts where they're looking for a credit card. They're looking for more personally identifiable information. Kind of connect you. Well, let's uh, hold, on, th- hold on. That's I, that's I the world we're add.
0: living in. Let's transition gears to Twitter here. Yeah, no, let me and social. Oh, let me, yeah, let me nail this. This sound is the world we're gonna start living. in. We're now. twins and we're on telekinesis pathways. But I, I have a, a really good point here.
1: Oh, the banking industry
0: is know your customer, right? Mm-hmm. You know your customer rules, and that's basically anti-money laundering, you know, terrorist financing, that type of stuff. The internet is now going to a Know your customer model, provide your ID because it's just there like a it's verified just like said. Now that you have all of these uh, large language learning models that are coming out, there's so much spam, there's so many people just scaling accounts. You can have machines doing things for you. The only way to control this is you got to pay for an account, you have to be verified. And now the only way you're going to show up in mentions or recommendations or anything like that is basically on Twitter if you have a paid and verified account. And I actually totally agree with wait, this. because wait, wait. wait. Paid to play? Not necessarily. <laughs> well, you've always been paying to play yeah. on social media. You've just been paying with, with giving your up data, your data. With your data. Right? So now.
1: You, you, were, the, you were the product. You were the product.
0: Yeah. Yep. So now that you're paying for this, it's like you know, you're not going to get any ads, uh, at least right now. And, you know, you have all these things or you have more control over it. And that was the point that I was getting at here is, you know, what you were talking about, like, with what GitHub was having. They're going to go – eventually, every type of online platform is going to have some type of know-your-customer rules in place to basically deal with bots, spam, and all the malicious things that happen of people trying to uh, – and organizations trying to take advantage of the The the, the daisy-chaining of things you could do from – all kinds of software and automation, like when you sign up an account, you do this, and then you create this action. You, you can automate all of this stuff now if you're smart enough. Correct, and uh, you could do it with like warp speed. So having the roadblocks in place to basically make sure, like, is this a user who's using the system programmatically and ethically? Okay, cool. Let them in. And, I mean, I mean, you're going to say we, we why lost
1: I... a lot of intel from uh, the developer side of Twitter for us doing OSN at scale. It's a big, big, you know, stop cap for us. Yeah, because yeah, uh-huh. the, a- the API limits. Yeah, we, we have to pay for it now.
0: Yeah, and 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 that as it should. Do you remember when I was doing some big data programs? We had internships with Twitter, and I was like, "Hey, we're basically going to do a bunch of data harvesting on you know Twitter's API, and you know we're going to build all these audiences and profiles, and we're going to go talk to these people." And yeah, it yeah, was that yeah. was
1: wild. We were at Twitter, and I picked up a cup, and it said water on it and everything was labeled it was a unique experience but yes to your point yeah 100% it was
0: crazy and then the us government so pissed off that a billionaire bought it now and is like hey by the way we're going to open source all of our code Hey, uh, hey but this is the let me no, let me no, let me, no. let me le- their
1: open source code got leaked yeah it got leaked well, it got but he also
0: down. said he was going to open source the code as he should <clears throat> It yeah, because right. that
1: that needs to be battle I, tested I, I at wa- scale. If he wants us to be the public square, it should be open source. The uh, algorithm, exactly, everything should. Yeah,
0: yeah. If Go you on. are a social media platform, your code base should be open source. Yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to be open source for committing, and pull requests and forking. Well, actually, if it's open source, it's going to get forked. <laughs> but but yeah. hey. Uh, you're going to find but, some
1: great new features that are going to come out. Or you're
0: going to find some vulnerabilities or a exactly. bunch of other things. But we need transparency. And the only way you're going to get transparency in the software arena is letting the other engineers. There are right-leaning software engineers. They're just incognito mosquito in every company in the tech sector. Well said. They just yeah. don't let you see it. And those, trust me, they will come out of the... They're not, I'm not going to say they're going to come out of the woodwork, but they will find things. And you won't know. You won't be none of the wiser. But... There's a healthy balance that's going to happen in the tech industry yeah. if that happens. I agree. Everything, everything that is uh, a media aggregation or spreading of content, everything else, it largely, if it's treated like a communal, you know, communal communications, it should have a communal code base. Yeah, yeah. right. You know, I, I, I don't uh, disagree. not necessarily a communal code base. Communal access to view thank you base. i didn't mean yeah, that everybody and, and, is contributing to it i meant yeah. that everybody has the opportunity if they know what is happening yeah. to go and read the code base and say hey this is generally what's happening this is generally what's not happening i do i agree with you guys totally on that front because i also think yeah. instagram you know last month they came out with uh paid account features
1: oh interesting yeah so
0: now you can pay it out you can come with the you know paid blue because think about this they they have so to when they paid for facebook because you're, you're going to have to pay for every social media profile you have because, dude, did you guys see uh, when Trump uh, last week was talking or two weeks ago when he was like, I think I'm going to be arrested, da 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 And on Twitter, dude, the AI-generated photos of Trump getting arrested were insane. Yeah. And I, I could tell because obviously we're in this and I know what to look for. But, dude, if yeah, Do- I was the common Dolly's person. not quite there yet. If right. I was the common person yeah, I was yeah, looking but, at some of these but, photos, but dude.
1: But MidJourney is. And one of the key reasons I definitely want to get us on a handful of uh, Discord servers. I just have never used Discord. Um, I've been kind of opposed to it. But um, the only way to utilize it is through Discord, right? Um, but MidJourney has been kicking What ass. about the
0: Discord app on our phones?
1: Uh, yeah, but uh, we want to own our own data. Yeah. So I, we, I we, we just need to throw them on. Even yeah, the problem they, with
0: Discord servers is basically, you know, somebody else owns it. You just control the private access to it. I get that. When it comes to Twitter, the greatest thing is that the federal government didn't account for one person just coming in with a lump sum of money and saying, I'm going to buy this bitch. Yeah, but it's great <laughs> also because I think, <laughs> you know. It, it, they would
1: They th- did, and they can put gag orders on. On anyone at any time, don't ever no, think no, no, that no, the no, government no, no, can't hold say on. shut up.
0: No, the government was in with Twitter working on things with Joel Roth and a couple yeah. other people. Yeah. But the one thing that they didn't account for that I guarantee you was not in their playbook was somebody coming and dropping
1: $44 billion to buy the company. They, I, I guarantee you that was not accounted for. They should have hired a better legal team and put better things in their contracts and literally put better gag orders <laughs> in, in place. Hey, G- well, can you explain
0: Can you explain the concept of the gag orders? I don't know if the you, White House can put a gag order in for, some, for COVID misinformation. Curse, I hold, mean, on. They're the worst. curse. Uh, hold on.
1: Gag orders are essentially you cannot talk about the existence of it or any details covered under that statement. And again, I'm not an attorney. You don't take what I said as legal advice in any capacity. But essentially, it's a zip your mouth. You have zero understanding. Do you remember the guy? Ooh, Wild. There
0: was, a, there was a congressional hearing four or five years ago. He was on a gag order. And he okay. literally was like, oh God, I forget his name. You and but, I you and I watched oh, it. Oh, OK.
1: And,
0: he, 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 says and no. he literally just says no. Yep, no. And then as was no. two or three years later, it was proved. But he was like, I was on a gag order. Yeah. And yeah.
1: again, Maybe you know Senate, congressional, or wow. Senate Senate hearings where that are closed door. You may have the ability to speak under that, but again, you know, it all comes down to the legal team.
0: Well, you know, I think you bring up a great point. I think we, I think we, I think we crossed over a line with the yeah. gag order yeah. on Twitter. though. Yeah, that no, I, that I, no, I don't I, think, I, I think we should have crossed. Yeah. you brought up a great point, which was clear dysfunction, right? You know, there there were obvious solutions that they could have put in place stuff. I'm not saying that they should have. I'm not saying that the people uh, of the United States want them to do that. But what I am saying is, it shows the 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 dysfunction that exists, and then it also, with all the stuff with the Twitter files, also shows a lot of the dysfunction that exists, which goes back to our original point of, if you have a, a you know open source code base, and you're paying for these social media accounts on a platform that has an open source code base, you're going to have some level of support to understand. Shadow ban, getting labeled certain things, all of these other nuances that would give you some level of insight. You'll understand the way it's going to work yeah. into what potential overreaches or profiling of powers that be. You know that might happen, and, Correct. and 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 I and I and I get it. I think there's always a fine line of a these organizations have never managed this type of co- worldwide communication at scale. B um there have never been any rules in place to have fair play with governments and there are cases where fair play
1: is very much needed and we also created this government 3 people ago yeah <laughs> yeah i i understand we haven't had a lot of time three, espe- yeah. especially with computers 300 years ago uh, again uh, joe rogan says 3 people ago right so like generational wise you know the internet has not yeah. been around um, for more than 100 years even close right like uh, again maybe institutionally 60 right I mean we're really going yeah. going deep on I, mean, I mean I mean I mean as is we know we today is probably since smartphones yeah, yeah but we yeah. have not f- smartphones got everyone online yeah everyone got an IMEI they got a Mac address and they got their very own IP address for the first time and they probably share it with a couple hundred thousand people who knows yeah. well not actually a hundred thousand obviously um, that was about because of cider blocks but You know what I mean with that? Dude,
0: this this brings up a really good point. So now let's move on to the AI wars, okay, and what's basically coming with the race for AI. So we've talked about social media platforms. We've talked about, uh, you know, basically know your customer rules. We've talked about um, the security issues with uh, ChatGPT and not putting your information in it and needing to have your own tools, etc., the future of business is productivity matching with profitability, right? So all of these things, and, now, n- and knowing and class, n- knowing your data, classifying your data, and giving access to your data to the appropriate people. Correct. Yeah, so when we when we think about this, really the AI wars in my mind, gotta scare the hell out of uh, private equity firms and VCs.
1: Not if they're investing
0: in them. Well, yeah. my point here is. It, how many of those guys are just going to jump at stuff that I mean, says AI? Uh, no, <laughs> I mean, well, well, they,
1: they've been getting pitch decks for years. Yeah. And I have probably hear you. been denying them because, obviously, there's back channels where you can see all the shit that just gets trashed. Like It's easy to find that a lot of these companies got passed over. I mean, OpenAI was a non-profit. Let's keep them in the I back know, of our heads. But hold on, I
0: I, I hear you guys, and I'm, I yeah I understand how about, the game works. But I generated, or I I donated a hundred million to these folks. Let me finish take, making. How are they yeah, now sorry, a sorry, go ahead or not Sorry, Let, a let me finish my let me finish my topic here, or my 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 subject here. If you have a tool, like a GPT or you have something that is equivalent, how much better? And faster is that organization going to be than a startup working on something? And in my mind, if I'm an angel investor or I'm a private equity company or I'm a VC, I'm going to be looking incredibly heavy into an AI startup to make sure that they're not just building on top of some API that's already out there. Because in my mind, I think we're witnessing another 1998-like Google scenario where you saw the plugins that ChatGPT was releasing, right? I think we're witnessing something like that where a large organization that has some very industry-leading ML or AI tool can, what feels like, at the snap of a finger, pivot and take over or add on to dominate industry that could entirely kill a startup. If you're dependent on OpenAI's APIs to like build your business, there's all these niche bespoke tools that you're already seeing come out. They're like something that gets that's built on top of OpenAI's APIs. Yeah, you're dependent on a pipeline feeding you, so you could feed a product to your customers. One hundred percent. We're we're just at the beginning of this. We really don't know. When you look at Deloitte's, um, they have their their Trends for this year And they They called out Six key segments In in AI and ML Generative is only One of those six parts I mean there is We haven't even talked About robotics yet Robotics is pretty insane I mean the physical world Literally you need A strobe light To see them The physical world It's sketchy I mean you gotta think About like Boston Dynamics And then you gotta think About non-generative AI Like
1: Like Um well, I'm drawing a blank of the name. Neural we're, we're, Neural Neuralink, but d- no, not dude, Neuralink. DARPA's uh, got some craziness right now. Like it shits nets. on yeah. on on uh, on Boston Dynamics, but there's tons of robotics organizations out there. I mean, but
0: imagine when you get organizations that have really good robotics, and then they get really good sensors yeah, but, and really good all look kinds at, of other look things, the and Tesla then they bot. put in some M- some really quality AI and ML into those things.
1: Look at look at the Tesla bot, for example um utilizing some of the core sensors that are in the Tesla itself, right? Full self-driving's got a great layout of the physical environment around the roadways. They've got a crazy amount of training data at their disposal. Like, I mean
0: Well, this I'll, is essentially my point about I think investors have to be incredibly careful who they choose to work with in this space because if an organization like that has you got to think about it data is the new oil right if they Data's have the gold, yes. if they have a bunch of quality data and they already have tools in their toolbox that allow them to build integrate and scale quickly i could see this being a very huge i could see this race the ai wars leading to the most amount of consolidation we've seen in the tech industry
1: yeah I'm going to go to the bathroom in a minute. I'm going to check my phone. There's a new service that AWS just released to allow you as a partner to start sharing and monetizing your data. Um, I will bring that to your guys' attention, the exact name, but super interesting. But it's, again, we're starting to see these marketplaces pop up specifically for the data. Also, there's services for training your data at scale, which is another play as well. Like, we're starting to see that come in more and more and more and make itself more so you know, present. So
0: there's okay. literally marketplaces where you can actually sell your data and get paid for it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and the new service that AWS put out, I don't have the product name or service name in front of my face, but um essentially what it is is this new product allows you to share your data with contractors and kind of have a chain of custody associated with it. Uh, it just went into GA. We have not used it in production yet, but it's just a tool for you to be able to share your data with confidence, and I think that confidence play is really important. And probably get paid for it along the way too. Uh, you you can on the marketplace already, and it's yeah. pretty lucrative.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, if you there's so many people out there that are just making data sets or adding to data sets just from basically scraping public data. Correct. Analyzing it, classifying. It. I'm sorry, not classifying, analyzing it, structuring it.
1: No, classifying it actually, and especially, classifying especially it. with video <clears throat> and photo data sets. Um, you know, like for example, <laughs> all of the different species of, you know, not just like, hey, it's a giraffe, it's a zip, 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 zip like four letter name. Um, and they're classifying, you know, tons of pictures of giraffes. That is something that the marketplace loves to see, right? There, there aren't, it's, it's not unique. just text. Right, yep. and and it does take uh, you know maybe a skilled workforce, um, and if anyone's on AWS, they can definitely use Mechanical Turk to do some of that data classification for themselves. Obviously, but um, there is definitely a market for very precise, like precisely it's precise. You made up a word. I said precisely. Yeah, you're like yeah. precisely. Um, that's okay. Data. We can make up words.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Generative Wally AI. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's Precise, I like it. Let's go. Yeah. Hey, okay, so you can start to sell your data and everything else. Let's fast forward to the point where there's robots who can do things like just as good as humans do. Okay, so the question is 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 this a world like iRobot with Will Smith, or is this a world like Star Wars where droids do tests that we don't want to do? Okay, let's, I have no idea on let's, either
1: of them, but there are going to uh, be, there are going to be some signals that the robots need to be able to pick up on so if it's vision they they need to be able to see the, the contents of things right they need to see their environment yeah. well this um, is a, it, it also could be signals as well and you're probably gonna this touch is on the exactly signals what supply. I was getting yep, at jump so let, into
0: it. let's let's look at the component tree of robotics obviously like you just talked about hey that you can sell your data you can make money from it. Uh, vision is a huge one because right, they're going to need to recognize vision. But what about the things that nobody's really talking about? Which is, um, how are these things going to be powered? They're going to have insane computational requirements from a hardware perspective, and then they're also going to need to have a localized power source.
1: It, it all depends if they are doing like repetition or if they're having to intake, uh, intake. Sorry, it's intake environmental data. To then create action. So if you're doing the same repetitive tasks, like if anyone loves Food Network and loves seeing how things are made, unwrapped, you can see all these creative inventions of how Lays or Frito Lay and all these different companies package their products. There's no real computational need outside of the first initial setup, maybe a handful of sensors, maybe some vision in it, right? It's a very but, specific robot for a very specific purpose. And yeah, but I would eat, repetition. I- doesn't very much.
0: So I wouldn't or, uh, not right, I wouldn't just, label what, 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 it as a it? Yeah. as a robot in the context of what we're talking about which is uh basically artificial general intelligence AGI. I would I would arguably say that that is machinery because it's stationary. It's hooked up to a fixed power source. What I'm really getting at here you is You could have
1: a six-axis arm that does that's stationary but it's going to like pick up certain things based on whatever you want.
0: Absolutely. But I'm thinking about like The thing that's walking around or rolling around, you know, Star Wars analogy, iRobot analogy, whatever you'd like to use. That type of componentry, where where does the sort of market and the investment start to go? Because like you said, these marketplaces are now paying people to train their data. But let's think a little bit further beyond that. The different types of servos or robotics or power sources or hardware requirements that they're going to need to have. I mean, I I think when I look at the electric vehicle industry, I feel like there's a a lot of uh, similarity in the question you're asking to where robotics is going. That industry is being pushed. okay, and they're finding the bounds like which part is next to fail or which part of my system is next to fail or which part of my system do I need more from? And they're developing those things as they need more and more and more and more and more. So when you talk about <clears throat> like power sources and all these things, we might not have solutions for those yet in robotics. And, and I'm not in the robotics field, yeah, but
1: but but look at look but at they Alexa's, will eventually get to Alexa's, solutions for those. Alexa has their little uh, auto docking robot that follows you around on wheels. MKBHD just put out a video today talking about quote unquote dope tech and he's got a (laughs) robot in and it's it's one of the alexa robots i I don't have the name on it but it's got a screen it's got a telescoping lens that goes up uh you know more than a couple feet and you can totally have it drive it it follows you around it's very aware but yeah
0: it has shortness so, with uh, batteries. That yeah, no, but, it, but but itself. it just
1: goes and talks itself. I, yeah, I don't see power being like a, a constraint I, at the I, moment, I, especially as chips get more it's efficient.
0: A lim- yeah, it's a limitation of of uh, single use. Right before you can have to charge it and use yeah, it again. But, but Lowe's four hundred
1: uh, all- pound robot, they literally stacked more batteries in it, so people couldn't push it over, so it had a low center of gravity. So that thing can run for multiple hours home and parking lots doing multi- what they would consider sensor fusion, where they're bringing LiDAR, radar, and vision all together into a single thing. They're outputting that in real time to a control center that they can then ma- manage and monitor. I don't think yeah, power is so necessarily a big issue. Especially, no, we're not going... Nick- no, but, like, but, all I'm, but all I'm saying
0: yeah. is, is as the need for the robot becomes higher, the materials... Will develop in order to meet those needs.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And that's all I'm saying. We might not be there yet, but like, look at Tesla in 2012, and now look at a Tesla now. That was a period of you know a little over 10 years. Big, big jumps and advancements there. Huge. Okay, you'll see the same thing in the robotics industry. Uh, The robotics industry is not our area of forte. So, you know, I we're just purely hypothesizing right now. Like
1: Deep Lens was probably our. Our biggest include into it, where we got an opportunity to play around with the vision side of AWS's environment. Yeah, Um, and that again, was incredibly uh, wild. Yeah, but but on the flip side, farm we helped. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But on the flip side, you guys have quite a bit of experience, and I don't want to like you know I know you guys are always on the oh, yeah, put yourself that. on a pedestal, but like. You got to real, realize that you guys are on that when it comes to the robotics with your RC cars. Like you're playing yeah. with radi- radio oh, frequency yeah. on a daily basis when you're running those cars. We were we were
0: building systems, is what they were. Hundred percent. You got to think about it. I mean, we had servos to control things. You had modules. Bingo. Had power sources. <laughs> Nitro and electric. Yeah. I mean, Eight we had, scale, you had so scale, many scale. systems yeah. on that car they got everything. Things are doing in ninety miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We know. Yeah. I totally, yeah. I totally agree with you on that. And every Run, time runs I, into somebody's ankle mm.
1: and they're going to the hospital. Uh, right. You, or hydraulic, hydraulic you kill of those eight scale cars the, the hydraulics it. is definitely something that i'm very like interested in right now that is n- pneumatics is definitely where we're going for for i don't want to call it quick twitch type muscles like
0: it's the only way to simulate it that we have in our current correct. technology yeah. we don't have we don't have anything that i'm aware of uh, that's magnetic. And I believe that magnetic is probably one of the well, ways to do that, but then again, you would require a significant power Tes- source. Tesla's got it, some, if, if magne- they can make
1: a mesh, Tesla has that magnetic motor. That is from Sandy Monroe. He thinks it's about three years ahead currently. And that's his realistic expectation. He tears down every single electric car and all, all the this other is the YouTube
0: channel that buys something and breaks it down. Reverse Correct. Engineers and,
1: up. and he runs a firm that helps, uh, companies better engineer products like he tore down like the rivian it was like hey this like back gate's gonna break you know <laughs> six months later they were called ever and they turned the function off on the rivian to have that roll gate like he's very um He's also the guy that had the first Tesla video broken part from wall yeah. three, three years ago, he, and he also yeah. he also practices first principles thinking, which I think is something that most people in engineering. Well, if people don't know what first principle thinking is, what is that? Uh, you explain it. No, go ahead. They're thinking of things at their core.
0: Yeah, what is this like? Like at its at its central piece, at its atomic level, what is this thing responsible for doing? Vibrating.
1: Yeah, does it do it well? If it doesn't, build something better.
0: That's great.
1: It's a it's a hard concept. But it's also a hard concept to always think about. Simplicity is really hard. And also, you're dealing with a lot of bureaucracy in these larger organizations, which is where I really was hoping that OpenAI was going to take their organization in more of a research fashion, where they have a hooked in with Microsoft and. I'm a fan of flat plane organizations like for example ours. We have, we run a flat plane. We as a as a group decide on what we're doing as a team. Yes, you may be the public figure for, you know, executing. I'm just but, the
0: person that has to give an answer when nobody correct. else is. Correct. But here's the it thing makes is, it, that's all.
1: It's a flat org in the sense of we're all deciding the direction as a team. There is something that happens. It's not in, perfectly flat, but it's pretty flat. You you get what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. You know, when your organization scales, those can get lost. Google used to have that at an executive level for some time before external interests and other third parties just started to kind of take control.
0: I'd say like two, pre-2016 they had that when when Sergey and Larry were there and you know, that's how they operated. You know, when Sundar got there, it was not Sundar. He's a Microsoft. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, uh, I can see his face. I forget his name. Sorry, the current CEO of Google. I'll look him up. Give me um, a. Tape.
1: Oh wait, wait, Sundar. I think it's. I think it's. Yeah, Sundar. it could be. It could be. It could I think be. it's Sundar. I, I thought Sundar was. Or, no, Sundar Pichai. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. So. Yeah. Add that
0: to the. Alan was right. Alan um, was uh, right. I need some of those as much as my wife is right. You know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. But I hope she's um, not watching this podcast. My. Uh, My thoughts with that are, you know, he, you know, is a single figure, right? And I I have no clue how Google operates, but I just know that when there was sort of that tandem of of Sergey and Larry there, you know, there was bouncing ideas off of each other. You know, I'm just not sure if he has that. It was still founder led. I'm not sure if he has that type of mindset, right? And I think that's one of the things I enjoy about working with. This is a a really good question. At what point does a, a corporation get. So big, where you can no longer wield it as a founder of the company. Define that question a little bit more. At what point is your headcount
1: unmanageable as a founder of your company? Like, w- at what point, can is your you ability
0: only... to have control go away? Yes,
1: but again, that could also be investment interests. I mean, uh, this is it, just a it, hypo- hypothetical yeah.
0: question here because w- what I'm basically saying is, you know, we can only we can. Con- We can think and be in control, think we're in control and be in control for as long as we feel like we're in control. But eventually, at some
1: point, it just outgrows you. Yeah. And and maybe that comes down to communication. I I don't want to call it lasting out as like what I look at as a quote unquote model organization, but they have done something right in regards to maybe it's because they build collaboration software but they have a very flat organization and they have built an environment where like junior devs are straight up putting together ideas and pitching them to investors and actually getting the go-ahead like it it, i guess you need to define your company culture to be all-inclusive or go a different and we're not talking
0: dei we're talking we're talking Inclusive of the great minds that you hire at your organization to contribute to the well
1: being, AKA the bottom line of your organization. So, like if you work at Atlassian. Yeah, I mean, some junior dev made a billion dollars by an idea. So, yeah. yeah. And you know, and what? Because, because of the flat org, he literally just made a comment, got picked up, got recognition, and moving on. Isn't yeah.
0: that beautiful? How that works? I think that's great, and and this is, and I I, 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 I don't know if it, yeah, yeah. I agree with you guys that you know the the flat the flat structure tends to operate much better, but I do agree with you that then at scale, process and statements of process largely become something to consider. Let's bring this into a but, topic, but more back culture and, and and approach of hey, like when you guys are thinking about problems, like this is the way we want. Not we want you to think, but this is the way we want you to approach a problem. We're putting out not these ideologies, but these are our methods for success and this is how we operate and we don't want to get away from these methods.
1: Correct, but you're also gonna have to play with a psychology <clears throat> of people who are here to milk the clock, get a paycheck and and do as little as possible, but make a little bit of contributions on a daily basis. You needed to find a culture that it that does not fly.
0: And I think that's no. exactly and what happened that at Google, is last that is seven the years. big
1: well and Google is overhired to stop talent from going to Facebook now Meta. And they were in a, what I would consider a talent acquisition war for the last 10 years in the Valley. And it was, you either go to this company or you go here. Yep. And they wanted to suck as, like, their vacuum cleaning. They hoovered it up, dude. Every educational institution, they were hoovering it up. And they made considerable investments in multiple educational institutions to be the first booth, the people that are in the framework for success and scooping them up or yep. sucking them up and now and they're and all and, fired. I don't, and I don't blame them but <laughs> I
0: think I think the the irony of it is COVID proved that their software makes them a bunch of money and I think some of the people who were Alan, company at, be company specific you're talking about Google correct yes Google you know. How much money does their software make, or did their software make without ever giving a major version update over COVID? And I'll say, I mean, Google tens of billions of dollars. Google
1: is a marketing platform that supports the backbone of their cloud. Well, that supports every single one of their random ass ideas that they want to go explore, so and every at, single investment portfolio they are a part of. They're parts of hundreds. I don't want to say hundreds of thousands, but like. Tens of thousands of in, of investments in so many different organizations spread across the world, powered by Google Ads. Uh, no, this F- is. Fi- I'm sorry. No, no, I'm that's sorry. i Not even Google curse. Ads.
0: Financially backed by Google Ads. That's their revenue generally. Yeah, funded uh, by you know, Google Ads. Yeah. Oh, for sure, oh yes. 100% yeah.
1: fully funded. Not fully, but massively funded by Google Ads. Correct. Yeah. And their dominance on search.
0: So Al- Alan said something the other day. He's like, Have you? Oh, good. He's like, Imagine a world where. Bing does not care about their ad revenue because Microsoft is so diversified in their revenue streams that they just give up their search ad income. Yeah. Have you guys introduced, hold on, history? Introduced OpenAI into Bing very effectively. I'm not saying they did it effectively right now, but if they did it effectively, that's why the existential crisis came at Google, not from their, they may be behind from an AI perspective, but because if they stole market share of search from Google, yeah, that's Google's revenue generator. Google Correct. is not, and so and so Microsoft is is also got to be looking at this. Like, can I take out a cloud competitor rival by doing the same thing? Yeah, because yeah, you, if you if you would do something that would impact their ad revenue, you could in theory affect get rid their cloud of one business. One of the major three cloud businesses, because that's basically what is subsidizing it. And I'm I don't want to put my tinfoil hat on, but uh, I mean, I just I, threw I, it down a winding river. Most <laughs> devices
1: in this world are par- powered by what. Operating system. Hey, Windows. Android. Oh.
0: Mobile that device, was my second at, guess. <laughs> at, at, at,
1: at a multiple. Like, they own the market share, and there has been no no one close, even close, to taking that from them. Yeah. yeah I, because I they agree. have the operating system that's going to be working on multiple hardware manufacturers. If anyone's diversified, it's Google right now. I, I was just talking when you look in at, terms of revenue streams, in terms of overall reach, which then they can use what what we would consider exploiting the market share. So to I was gain I was revenue.
0: purely looking at a at a from a revenue perspective. Sure. But if you're looking at the
1: reach perspective, I would agree with you that Google has a very all wide reach. It, all it takes is one more ad on every video, and they will crush Microsoft. Yeah, that's One true. more ad on one video. It's it's an, it's a really wonderful experiment, yeah. And someone's published the the revenue figures for it. It's astounding. So when you look at something wow. like that,
0: you also have to think to yourself: If I'm just jumping back over here to the comment I made, can you actually get people to change their behaviors? Right. So so that world only works where people are like they're going to ditch Google to go work I'm, on being search I engine? made a,
1: I made a comment about history. Have you checked your history since you started utilizing ChatGPT? Because I have. And every single month, I notice my my amount of going to Google for asking a question has gone down. Yep, I, I, it's a thought experiment. You guys should take a look at your history, do a quick little data I analysis. Yep, perfect. I yep. don't
0: need to give you data analysis. I could just tell you that it has replaced some of my
1: search querying. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And and by the way, I've been using Bard as well. It, it's cool, but it's nowhere, nowhere close. Exactly. Nowhere you, you know what no my plus. favorite thing to do it with
0: ChatGPT is? Instead of going and asking Google to find something for me on Stack Overflow, I say, hey, this is ChatGPT. This is what I'm looking to do. How can I do this? And then I say, "Do another or find me another way to do this. Okay, find a third way to do this. So I make the tool give me three solutions Yeah. if I don't actually know how to do something. And then I'm evaluating. And then what I'll do is I'll ask it, hey, explain this line of code. And so I'm using the tool to produce the output and investigate itself at the same time. Correct. So my normal function of going to Google, searching for my problem, going to Stack Overflow, going to GitHub issues, going in in forums and things of the sort or Reddit, reading through and demystifying that Simon2134 has a terrible answer – but this other person's who, whose answer got upvoted actually isn't applicable anymore, and the answer at the very bottom that's got three votes is actually the most current answer that is probably going to bark its way up the food chain my eventually.
1: Favorite play is hey, just yeah. Let me know in pseudocode. Thanks. Yeah. No shit. Please thank you. Yeah. Hey, I have
0: found when I looked at my Google search history, I made a batch script for for Windows today. Uh, oh, I, I do. Oh, a more, or, I, I do more Bash than I do batch scripts. Yeah. Yeah, to generate an SSL certificate, automatically add it as a trusted certificate on my machine. Edit my up. host file, but I—I I was like, do all these things, add these checks, make sure the user is running the whatever this is in administrator mode. Blah 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 blah. I've never written a batch file before. I write bash files. Yep. And in thirty minutes, I was able to write like a forty-line bat file, and it works perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and so when I look at my search history, what I have found is. And, and this is how I think this all gets stitched back together. Me looking at research topics, which generally are not profitable from a Google perspective.
1: Well said. Yeah. Right.
0: Those have gone down, but the searches that are generally profitable for Google, I have, if anything, I've actually done more because I'm more productive, and now I'm going and doing and looking for more things. That can, we can, are supposed to be... Can uh,
1: you elaborate a little bit on, on like, a, give me, a, like, for example, like, cybersecurity insurance or insurance or attorney or, like... Yeah,
0: let's, let me give you an yeah. analogy so I don't spill any, you know, stuff we're working on right now that, that might be considered IP. So um, I am uh, somebody looking for a very specialty insurance, right? So I go and I get a bunch of information I collect. So I kind of formulate, like, hey, this is what I think I need, this is what I don't need. And then I'm like, okay... Who would I go and look for? How, what, what, what traits would they have? What certifications do they need to have, et cetera? So then I'm going and I'm now producing more of these money type of queries looking for, okay, insurance broker, Roseville, California. With this, this insurance this, rating, this, you one, know, A, this one A, that, A minus, QZ, this whatever. This one, this certification, yeah, okay. this one, that certification. So I'm producing much more of these m- intent-based keywords versus research keywords, right? Because now I know exactly what I'm supposed to be looking for. And I'm going and I'm I'm, I'm pulling together you know uh, deviations of that, and so that is an analogy that I've used, that for other contexts of things that we've been working on internally, and so that's what I have found myself doing. And I'm thinking like you know forward in advance, getting back to how we got on this, which was Google's you know single source of revenue largely being Google Ads, you know uh, uh, Chat well, GPT. It, I, I think throw, sh- you know I, well, let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. Yeah. Chat GPT. The moment that they can start indexing the web,
1: they're already doing it.
0: They do it, and they with can plugins. start producing, you know, solid results. That's when I think Google's that, got that, some serious it, problems. That's, these, that's what the integration with Bing was.
1: But but yet not fully, in my yeah, opinion, because it and, was
0: like a little tab at the top. Yeah, it, listen, and, it, listen, it, listen, it's, it's not full fledged. It's not big, and I played with it a little bit. But and it, you're not it wrong. Wasn't, Chris. It wasn't that great. But that's where they're going.
1: Yeah you're, yeah, you're not wrong.
0: You guys, we are, we are in this such early stages of generative AI and a variety of other aspects of the generative AI race. We're probably going to have this conversation five more times this year. And it's going to be – if, 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 <laughs> if you look <laughs> at our conversations, they're probably all going to be the stepping stones to each other. Like one leads to two, two leads to three. And by the time you get to the fifth episode, you're like, they didn't even discuss these things, but I could see how it was logical that you got to these steps. Well, with that said, let's talk about step one here. Do you guys have anything left to add into our step one of the AI stepping (laughs) stones? Well, actually, I want to bring something up here. So for for business leaders, you're going to be conducting interviews to find talent, right? There's a large exodus of talent for the tech industry right now. I'm not saying everybody leaving Google, Facebook, Microsoft, blah, 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 blah is good. They might have just graduated from a good college. That yeah. could be the honest truth. But you're going to have to interview these
1: people. If
0: you get them on a video camera, there's a couple I, I, of know. No, 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 hold on. I wanted to talk to you about this. Okay. That specific topic. Okay. We take a break. <laughs> I pull up Twitter. Aaron Ng. His, his last name is NG. I don't know if I'm anun- uh, announcing it correctly. Yeah, Ng. He, yeah. He's, uh, I think he's Shadow Ghost on, on Twitter, is his handle. He, the guy's pretty smart. He has an like a a webcam screen and if you're on an interview he's got an app connected to it that's paired next to it so it's like your browser and like a chrome plugin that pairs in with say google meet as the interviewer asks you a question it's telling you how to answer the answer the question so we talked about hey for business owners have somebody have their webcam on stand back make sure you can see their hands that's all out the window now
1: there's actually uh, quite a few what they call deceptive models that you can actually utilize on people to know what's up well, at okay. a high confidence. So, so this is the, the other side of the it. coin, the right? S- so, Kurt, I, course, I, hold on, explain hold on. This, hold hold on. This, Wally. Uh, I said, bo- I
0: said the problem. Hold on, explain station. this, Wally. Yeah. So
1: we're not trying to go polygraph here. We're like you've got some, you know, sensors on your sphincter that realizes <laughs> that you're clenching. <laughs> I mean, we're talking one to three That's what a polygraph That's, is. I know. Yeah, like a real thing. Um, but it's it's picking up on body cues to a degree that recognizes a confidence level of of deceitfulness. It is super interesting. There's a handful of models on Google, on uh, GitHub that will literally help candidate or uh, help employers weave through the candidates that are being deceptive very interesting it's still in early stages but it's like as many tools as there is to help people kind of cheat interviews there will be equal tools to on the opposite side okay hold on and i just want to i I just want to throw that out there that like to to curtis's point yes there are tons of tools to do this it's amazing yes you can cheat your way through life but be conscious that technology may catch up and see your deceitfulness let's
0: let's Use this as our last topic right here. I'm going to challenge you guys. Okay. Prepare to be crushed. Yeah. Iron fist.
1: <laughs> I've I not, not created the model, nor have I used it. I just know it exists.
0: What if you are interviewing somebody and you hire them and they're using these tools to do and to act like they know what they're talking about? Okay. Now, my challenge is this. Before you guys say a single word, my Go challenge it, is yeah. this Is that person going to be a good hire or a bad hire? Because I think if they, uh, a if a they are resourceful if they the enough, yeah, if they use the tools, they could end up being a good hire because they have all these tools to be I I solution. If we
1: take the Bill, okay, give me one second. If we take the Bill Gates mentality of like, you know, hire the laziest sh- person, correct, yep. because they're going to find the easiest path to success. Yeah. Thank you, Curtis.
0: One of my favorite things to do with software engineers, architects, whatever. I like to have a no structured interview, Where what I make them do is I say, okay, you can only work on one monitor, share your screen. I'm, I just ad hoc say, this is the problem I have. How do you solve it? I'm not telling them how to solve the problem. I'm not telling them what tools they can't use. I'm basically testing them on a couple of things. one, how set up is your workstation? Number two, I'm going to be able to see the tools that you use to do your job. And number three, I'm going to be see the, I'm going to see the speed at which you work.
1: And that takes and a human your... element, though, from him. Yes. To do that, I mean, there probably are models that can do it, but like he's taking that approach mentally. Yeah, it's hard to scale. Yeah. So what I'm
0: more or less looking at is I'm looking at this person. I'm I'm not assessing at this point in time. Like, do they actually potentially have the JavaScript skills or the Python skills because what I'm largely doing is sending them a coder pad of some sort where I'm having them more or less get through the bullshit fact check and sure, maybe they cheated, okay? But there's a level of of decent confidence that, okay, maybe that this person most likely has those skills or is likely to have these skills. Okay. the workstation validation is really where you can pick really key. That's where you can pair the results from the first part with the interview that you're doing. And you could really see how somebody works because like if somebody says hey i'm a, a java software engineer and they and open they up op- a text editor is uh, straight up fired n- no- i'm sorry not fired <laughs> no no no. interview over
1: <laughs> if they open up no okay for, for all the guests if they open up if they open up notepad versus notep- notepad plus plus if they open up notepad gone Notepad++, plus plus. yeah, let's, let's keep them on to the next level. Yeah, I
0: got where Curtis is going, yeah. but I feel like there's a line from Billy Madison here, which is, and nowhere in your incoherent, babbling response, and I, I don't know the rest of it, but did I hear an answer to my question? <laughs> <laughs> so go. The answer to your question, I'm sorry, the, your question was? If, a, if an interviewee is using these tools to sound like they know what they're doing, Would they be a bad hire? My thought is maybe they would be a good hire because they have all the tools to figure out how to do the job and they're doing the job. If they can
1: fool us, they can get the job. I
0: I feel like my solution, which is like let me see your workstation and how you work, is the answer to your your question. Because what I can do is I can get an assessment of, you know what? Maybe they have 80% of the software skills that they say they have. Okay, that's fine. But do they have the wherewithal to get the job done? Do they have the wherewithal to learn? What tools are they using to then further sharpen their knowledge base and their their ability to produce? One of the topics that we haven't talked about, and ta-da, second topic, so let's not put numbers on before we're going to be done. Please and thank you. You're welcome. I told you you're going to get crushed. Uh, (laughs) Is (laughs) Camera on me. Camera on me. No! (laughs) (laughs) That was great how if we have tools like generative AI that are going to make you more productive at some point, you are probably not going to have something to do for a small period of time. Okay. At work, there's always something to do, but if we get wildly productive, there might, there might be two or three hours where I may be having an organic conversation with somebody like a junior engineer to pitch something in Atlassian if I worked at Atlassian or it turns into, Hey, you're an engineer you have three hours it's you know one o'clock in the day like you have three hours left in the day. what are you gonna go learn that can help the company?
1: yeah or, or that free time at Google and this I, is, I really think that that company or that culture around having some like sorry free so, time to,
0: some free time to, to do your this could answer drivers. your question like maybe they're almost there but they're not quite there Well suddenly if they are using those tools and now they have a little bit of time to learn on a consistent basis, Maybe you have the right person in the right environment with the ability to grow.
1: And in some cases, I personally prefer. So again, I typically do interviews for our clients. Obviously, um, in some cases, third topic,
0: I, Alan crushed.
1: I, I I would I would take a cut. Uh, I would take a candidate that has minimal skills, somebody who has bad skills, um, and doing. And again, we're doing basic coding exams like super basic but it's like i would rather train somebody from the ground up than have to like have somebody relearn and try to counteract their bad skills Ooh, that's mm-hmm. a
0: very hard thing so I,
1: again that's just so so the ourselves. bad
0: skills piece is probably a non high not probably it's a non-hire yeah a non-star for for me but I will work with somebody and help them understand business context and what we need to use in terms of tools and things of the sort. But your
1: time also matters, and exactly. You can't do but that. I'm only
0: going to do so much of it.
1: There you go, boom. And yeah.
0: I'm not going to mold somebody from the ground up. This is not boot camp, let alone a coding boot camp.
1: You Valid. pay somebody to do that. You're not coming to my door and doing it. Yeah. Also, coding boot camps are complete.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I, you gotta. I, you gotta it's have a the mindset. Solid you money you, grab. you have to have the. Yeah. Well, hell yeah, it is. Uh, you got to have the mindset.
1: I do to, appre- to, to yeah. really be a software I will engineer. say, I will say, coding camps that when you get hired on like Facebook and you go through your eight week again, it may have changed. Um, now it's Meta, obviously, but uh, those are very impressionable times. To lay the landscape of the culture in the organization, and I feel like that is something that's also missing a lot of organizations. They're like they're onboarding and also looking for immediate productivity. Where at like organizations yeah, but, that I'm we guiding, don't, we don't even
0: look for immediate productivity. No, exactly yeah, a, look, look. at
1: organizations I'm governing, it is more of we get you in the door, and now you're going to go through that boot camp, and the, we've already selected you as a as a candidate that shows promise. Now let's go through this three-month probationary period. By the way, you're out, Will. You can go bye-bye. And you know what the
0: crazy thing with well, all of that is, too, is getting back to all of the AI conversation we had, everything is largely going to be predicated on what is the quality of your data, right? And the quality of your data is, in my mind, going to be largely subject to the quality of your processes. And so when you think about... 100%. When you think about what you just said... And now you you know, we talked about this earlier. You don't want to just use chat GPT for everything. Maybe you need a chat GPT clone to train on your data, it's got permissions and things in it, right? If you have structured training and onboarding, your you know, your thoughtful culture, you guys are strategic initiatives, et cetera, you have all that stuff there and you're onboarding these people, right? And you're doing these, you know, interviews to make sure you're not just bringing in folks who aren't going to be motivated, who aren't going to be resourceful, that is really uh, some key pieces of the AI transformation success framework that organizations are largely going to need to be successful in this race. Because if you think about this now, all of the organizations that are dysfunctional, that have poor quality data, who aren't, you know, weren't putting any thought into this. There's no governance. There's no governance. They're so far behind the eight ball, right? I mean it's unreal. They gotta fix all those cultural and process problems. When you got big problems that start- cost a lot of money, uh venturescom if you need help. <laughs> 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 yeah. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. plug. <laughs> shameless plug. Shameless plug. Yeah. You know, you're gonna have you're gonna have all the capital expenses to get that fixed, and then this is the worst part. You're behind your data, your quality data doesn't start collecting until you fix that. So now you've just lost all this time. So if you have had five, six, seven years of solid quality data and now you get to go train these models on it, it's like not only are you six, seven years ahead and having quality data, but now you are exponentially ahead because you got to think of that, let's just say it takes three years to get these fixed at an organization. If it takes three years to get those fixed, right, you have to get that fixed, then you need another three years of data. That's six years, right, To just to get quality data for three years. Uh, what is the rate of growth for an organization who at day one had quality data and adopted some AI and ML tooling? Uh, what does their exponential growth look like? The competitive we are going to see, at least in my mind, a huge, huge, gap between Trump voice, those <laughs> who are industry leaders and who are healthy organizations, Correct. and those who are not.
1: I am also a ta- so on the flip side, I'm also a tabit's afraid, not not literally afraid, but you know for for the well being of the internet, afraid of how many more organizations are going to be collecting data because they need it for their own purposes, illegally, without a.k.a. Okay, without privacy policies, term of service, acceptable use policies, we're going to start seeing a ramp up in data, uh, dare I say data acquisition.
0: Yeah, data acquisition. And here's the thing. I would are argue most organizations, because you got to think, most businesses in the United States are small, medium-sized businesses. Not all of them are enterprises.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah, most I would
0: small. say 95% of them, would not even know they were doing something illegal. Yeah, there's no watchdog. I
1: mean, I would hope
0: they would say that they did Yeah, not. I know. You did some Northwestern stuff. You yeah, want to be a lawyer? No, 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 Listen, there's no watchdog, though, at these, at these organizations, unless they have some legal counsel who's coming and saying, hey, you guys need to do these things, unless they have somebody who's pretty conscious and aware of what's going on. Yeah. They're probably not doing it.
1: Yeah, but hopefully more and more organizations, I'm, I'm not trying to say like the strawberry stand should become a technology company, but I would imagine a lot of- But the strawberry
0: know, stand should accept Bitcoin to sell strawberries. But no!
1: <laughs> and to my point, exactly, you hit it on the head. Like seriously, you should have some presence online. You should be selling on Facebook Marketplace. You should be doing certain things- to get your business out there and our world, out.
0: Is, our world is now digital. Yeah. And if you have a physical business, your physical business has a location or locations represented by a digital landscape. And you
1: probably have a phone number and you probably have an email address. You may not have an you may not have a website, but still.
0: Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and when I You guys had talked about AI here for a second and you brought it back to the data side of things with companies. I really feel like we're going to see in the next two to three years who focused on their business on not doing more, but doing less and doing less really well. Like, yeah. like who had that in their corporate playbook and who did not, you know what I'm saying? If you have businesses that niche up and then they expand new verticals they basically take their same tried and true processes and methodologies and go dominate in those other verticals, those are the types of businesses that I feel like are going to be most successful. Agreed. Yeah. Niche step. That mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. Yeah. I think that's a good note for us to potentially to end on. on. Yeah. yeah, I think that's great. Well, uh, for those of you listening in, feel free to, uh, email us or message us, talk to us on our social media channels, whack attack podcast, or if you're on Twitter, Wack Attack Pod, because they have a 15-character account limit. Like and subscribe uh, like on whatever and, platform you're listening on. Exactly. Hit that, hit that bell. Yeah. Ring-a-ding-ding, mofos. Yeah. We'll this, is, you. Th- this is Wack Attack, <laughs> and you've been Wack Attacked. So we'll catch you next time. Thank you very much. See ya.